Hey, everybody. Welcome to a Community of Principles podcast, a conversation to support leaders. I'm your host, Ben Gilpin. Now, let's get this started. We are back, Community of Principles podcast. Uh, this is Ben Gilpin, and I am very excited to have a guest that um, last year was an interesting year. If you've never done this, I actually would tell you that it's a very good learning experience, but I had, actually, both of us had the same individual that contacted us and wanted to basically um, spend time with us and observe and kind of shadow what we do as principals day in and day out. And and I gladly accepted for this Michigan State grad student. And I then came in contact with Sarah O'Neill. And Sarah is going to be our guest today. But we ended up having some dinner up at Michigan State and we connected. And we really found out that Yep, we're probably dealing with some different issues, but we also deal with a lot of things that are very similar. And it was such a great experience that um, there was maybe a little bit of awkwardness at first being shadowed by someone. But I got to tell you, people, if you ever have the opportunity, it's also a great learning experience for yourself. And so with that being said, welcome, Sarah. Hello, I'm glad to, to be here for sure. So Sarah, you know, kind of on that topic right there, being shadowed last year by Tian, I mean, was that, uh, that was pretty interesting, wasn't it? It was very interesting, but it was in the context of like, I was a rookie and I let five different PhD students come through and study us. And it was all around different uh, sort of facets of being culturally responsive. Now, Tayan was accountability, but that ties right back into culturally responsiveness. So I had an, a year of like, being extremely vulnerable and reflective in order to try to shift staff's mindset. And so, yeah, I mean, awkward could start it off. Um, (laughs) And then it traveled all the way to these dissertations being published. And then me sitting there trying to process the feedback. And it was an extreme year of growth all the way around. Absolutely. And we, and we didn't do it alone. We had Aaron with us as well. And it was Aaron North. and, And so Aaron is actually, I'm hoping to have Aaron on before uh, the end of 2020. So that's her little plug. But Sarah, first off, tell the audience, um, you know, where are you currently at and how did you get there? Wow. So I am at, uh, I'm a principal of a, a smaller pre-K through three school in Lansing, Michigan. It's called Rio School. And it's actually uh, on the south side of Lansing. It's definitely urban. We're 93% free and reduced lunch. And it's actually the elementary school that my mom and my aunts attended. And it's the elementary school that I did some like senior observation hours with a teacher that works for me now, which is a whole different podcast, but (laughs) it's a, it's an amazing school and the community is amazing. And I started, I went to school for history and the conversation in my home was, you're going to have to get a job with that history degree. So you might as well get a teacher cert. And so I said, I'm going for it. And I traveled back and forth to Central. I didn't want to live in Mount Pleasant. And I got a teaching degree. And at that time, it was about 2007, there were no teaching jobs in Michigan. And I really had an interest with working with at-risk kids. So I just packed it up and I moved to the south side of Chicago. And I lived in Hyde Park with no car. And I worked in Back of the Yards neighborhood, which is a seventh and eighth grade uh, social studies teacher when English was a second language and I just went all in and I was a complete rookie and I made a hundred million mistakes, but my will was there. And I got that sort of experience of 
what inequity actually means on a federal level. You know, you just kind of glazed over some of that. That That is an experience right there. And that is, wow. It was brutal, but it was it was amazing. And I keep in touch with those kids today on Facebook who are all grown now or mm-hmm. have been murdered or fall off the map or all of the adversity that happens. And Chicago was an amazing city because it's so segregated. It's one street that will separate neighborhoods. And so I don't think people realize, you know, all of the inner workings of public school in in Lansing versus something as large as Chicago. Okay. So, so after that, Yep, you're you're in that spot now. Where yep. do you go next? So I earned my master's. Um, Chicago Public Schools paid for it, and it was as a reading specialist. And I didn't really have a interest in that, but yet I was in a position where my students, a lot of them, were very very low readers, and I was passionate about the content. So I said, "Let me do it." And I went to University of Illinois at Chicago, and I studied under Alfred Tatum, which where the achievement gap was introduced to me, and had a intellectual experience and blew through the program. And then at that point, it was, it was, you know, my husband had proposed, it was time to come home, we were having a baby. So I came home to East Lansing and was a Title I reading intervention specialist. And again, working with at-risk kids. Now, you know, disclaimer, it's not the same at-risk kids. It was a much different, a much different demographic. In East Lansing, you have the haves and the have-nots, both amazing communities. So I did that and honed my expertise as a reading specialist uh, for a good six years. And then I was having innovative ideas and um, wanted to grow my sphere of influence. So I went back to Michigan State for the certification pathway program and earned that and uh, became connected into the community. And then when a position came up in Lansing Public Schools, I went and interviewed for an assistant principalship at a middle school. And I, you know, I walked into that room and it was a panel of 10, very articulate, intelligent people. And they tell me now that I was a little bit extra, <laughs> like <laughs> I was passionate about equity and I had the content and I had the experience and I just needed the platform. And instead of giving me the assistantship, they handed me Rio and they trusted me with Rio. And so then I've been making history and trying to create a legacy ever since. Wow. Sarah, I, you know, you and I have, we've had several conversations. We've had dinner conversations. We've connected several different times. I had no idea the path. Yeah. You went through that in a very quick manner, but you've had experiences clearly not a lot of people have had. And so for that, your life experience has taught you so much. And and that's why I'm I'm thrilled to have you on here. So thanks again. No problem. Anytime I can have a, a voice for other urban educators, I think people that are outside of the profession really are not going to have an idea until we talk. Absolutely. You're right about that. So, okay, let's jump into our first real question. So what are two things most people don't know about you? Okay. So under the lens of being a complete nerd, which is just, let's put that at the forefront. Um, That's that's good. It's true. I'm a closet, like intermediate fiction writer. Hmm. So I have a very serious dream of being an author, not even adult or young adult fiction, like intermediate fiction. And that comes from just my experience as a reading specialist and reading so many amazing novels with kids thinking, 
I could do this. And I have so much life experience. I feel like I could connect to kids. So I have two boxes full of manuscripts that I've shown nobody. And I'll give them to my kids one day, or maybe I will get the courage. I'm not sure. But that's one thing. And that helps me sort of process uh, my stress too. So that's one nerdy thing. The other thing I would say is people just looking at me would not guess probably my background. And I'm actually a child of poverty and trauma and addiction and all of those things, definitely from the white perspective. I don't ever want to you know, compare my experience to somebody else, but I have all those experiences. The difference for me was I was in a joint custody household. So with one parent, I had structure and, and was pushed. And then the other household was what helped me to become extremely street smart and have grit and perseverance. And that combination, I believe, has directly contributed to my leadership and helped me connect with students because I, quite honestly, I get it. Wow. Okay. So let me ask this kind of follow-up to that. So our entire staff this year went through the ACES training. Yeah. And, and what I discovered is some of, I'll kind of air quotes this, but some of my people that have gone through quite a bit of trauma, that ACES training was exceptionally difficult for them. Yes. Yes. Um, so you can you can completely relate to that. I can. And and you know, there's pluses and minuses to being a rookie. And and one of the pluses is I went right in. I said, before we touch on the culturally responsive, we're gonna find our why with Simon Sinek. And um, I had a lot of pushback from people that said you know, if I wanted to talk about my past experiences, then I would see a psychiatrist. I have no interest in doing this. And that was just generally finding your why for why we're educators. And so to me, that was a very red flag of, well, that's usually indicative of some trauma they don't want to talk about, understandably. And then the people that stuck in with me and we did find our why and we shared experiences, my uh, assumptions shifted because I thought, my goodness, in this room of, of white women, we collectively have experienced much of what our students have experienced, much of it. And I needed to know that, but I wouldn't have known that if I wouldn't have had the courage to do it and then allowed people to opt out. Mm-hmm. Well, that, yeah, I, you hit the nail on the head. Okay, so let's move on. Next question, because I feel like, I mean, some of this, we could just continue going on. I know it. Um, so Sarah, obviously you've endured adversity and challenges, where do you draw strength from in those tough times? So as an urban educator, you will be talked at about self-care. You will read books about mindfulness. You know better, but actually to put it in practice, um, you usually have to hit your rock bottom. And for me, it was having my fourth child uh, and not caring for myself, to be quite honest. I went all the way up to being evaluated and gave birth like that day, because I was so focused as a woman on my students and my career path. And this fourth child couldn't deflect that, which was nothing to do with my employer. It was all within my head. So when I had Lena, uh, hey, can I, okay, let me interject real quick. Yeah. I have to, I feel like I have to ask this question as a, as a man, as a man. Yeah. That is something that I, I don't think I could ever truly relate to. I mean, and and I don't say that in a demeaning bad way. I'm just, as a man, the pressures of females is very different from men, correct? Correct. And so some of your own expectations, 
even though they, it wasn't something from, from your boss, right. you still felt that. I, I did. I felt that that's society. And I felt, you know, I'm earning this doctorate and I couldn't miss class. And I brought Lena to class. She was on my back. I've brought her to Memspa conferences. You know, I can't, I can't get behind. Yep. Okay. I get that. So, okay. Sorry for cutting you off, but oh, I just, no, that's okay. uh, yeah. so, so that was rock bottom when my husband watched me struggle, you know, you know, having this baby and then it's ground zero. You know what it's like to have a child and you, you've got to build your strength back up. So I thought, my goodness, I, I'm really going to have to develop some tools. So for myself, you know, these are the tools that work for me. I had to be working out four to t- five times a week or my mental health is going to slide. I know that about myself. And when I say working out, I'm not a triathlon athlete or anything like that. It's like move your body for 30 minutes. I know I need that. I'm a spiritual person. So there are signs that my staff sees that are also in that domain. If I've experienced incredible trauma, again, not things that students are doing for behaviors, but trauma that students are experiencing that I'm trying to protect, the vicarious trauma is intense. So another tool in my toolbox will be I'll hear three knocks on my door in my office after I've processed something devastating and and two women will come in me and minister over me and pray for me. And that's been incredible. There's a street, there's a church down the street. I can walk into the pastor's office anytime. And then you have to know what colleagues to be able to call, which colleagues have a sense of humor, which colleagues are going to calm you down from being the type A OCD that I can be and, and use your support system in your network because you cannot survive as an elementary educator and administrator by myself in that building alone because I'm the only administrator. I love that. I, you're, you're a hundred percent. You just hit, you just hit a home run right there with that piece right there. The other amazing thing that Lansing did for me personally is for a long time, they had a licensed marriage and family uh, therapist employed with the district. And if he heard something or if I had needed to call him, he would call me uh, right after I processed some severe trauma and without even me knowing it, would administer therapy in a 25-minute session to make sure that I went home to my husband and my kids having processed and knowing that I'm not going to carry it. And I don't think every district is as innovative as that. No, I don't think so either. I think you're right. But you do, you are very, you're very self-aware. And I think that that's part of your upbringing. I think that's part of the experiences that you've had. And, you know, you made that statement about knowing your colleagues and knowing who you can reach out to. I mean, there have probably been times in your life that you've isolated yourself, but I think you've probably learned, you've learned from that and you realize that you, the expectation is that you're better when you surround yourself with people that can build into you. Agreed, 100%. And being an introvert is not going to, to help my students. Well, we got one last question. And, okay. and so this is, so like, in, in, so if we just got a couple minutes left and just think about this, I would imagine there was somebody that saw leadership in you before you saw it in yourself. If you could kind of go back down memory lane, who was that person? And then if you could say something to them, what would you say? Wow. It was a whole tribe of people, but somebody that was pivotal for me was uh, Dr. Mark Coscarella in, in the Lansing School District. And he sat at the table for my interview. And I know that I was going too far and I know I was going too deep and I know I was 
not masking my um, social justice provocateur attitude, but I was so passionate about the content. And I know those conversations behind closed doors, although I don't have to be told explicitly where she she is white. Will she be able to understand educating black kids? Is she going to be a bull in a china shop? All of those things, I'm sure, were concerns. And he stood up and gave me a chance to lead my own building when I was very brand new green. And then not only that, was able to make sure he continued to be a support in those absolutely crucial conversations that I had no experience with. So anytime I needed it, he would come and he would model the absolute crucial conversation and impart strength in me so that I knew the next time I could do it. And and when you stack years upon years of that, and then I began to trust other people uh, in central office, then I really truly believe my experience grew exponentially faster than it would have. Oh, well, I mean, don't we all need something, somebody like that in our lives that's that's going to stand up and and just be that supportive? I, I... It's a major thing. And as a woman, I think I need to be constantly cognizant of looking behind me at other women leaders coming up and being that pillar of strength and showing them that this is a woman's job too within leadership and and we can handle it and whatever I can do for for women leaders coming up behind me then I will reach down and do it because it can be lonely. Yep, well said there. Well Sarah, this is I mean this has really been I mean so many great takeaways from this. This has been rich and this is you know like I said you and I have interacted for more than a year and we've had we've had dinner a few times we've had great conversations and I am still learning more about you and 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 you know I'm I'm proud of the path that you've taken I'm proud of the person you are and I stand up and and just say hey if there's ever a time that I can be a support to you because this is this has been amazing and you're you're doing some really great things well, I will take you up on that opportunity as a community builder, and I, I appreciate it because I think there's many of us fearless, courageous, you know, urban leaders, and we just need a voice, and you're doing that for us, and I appreciate it. And if you ever need ideas for other leaders to talk to, I know many. Okay. I will definitely take you up on that. Well, everybody, as you uh, as you take in this episode, I, I hope you'll make sure you share it out and um, also reach out to Sarah and and she's just got some great takeaways here. She can be, she can be that person that um, can support you as well. So, with that being said, thanks again. Thanks again, Sarah. No problem. Okay, everybody. Till next time. Well, thanks again to our guest. Let's continue to connect and reflect because that's what leaders do. Thank you to all of our listeners. Don't forget to check out hashtag MemspaChat Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can also find more leadership tools at memspa.org.